0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay at home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work life balance journey so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, welcome, welcome. I am so excited that you're here for another episode. And if you are a new listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for stopping by to check it out to see what this podcast has to offer. So the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry entry of mine from when I was in the thick of the struggle. And I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then. And so today's entry is from August 2nd of 2016. My period started today, so I am in a not so great mood and was really annoyed and frustrated at bath time. In addition to my period, I feel really tired, physically drained, and feel like I just need to sleep. This isn't helping with my disposition. I feel bad for my reaction toward Casey and Pete, but I'm not, but I'm at my limit. Casey has been defiant lately, which is normal for her age, but frustrating nonetheless when she is when she is, and I've asked her a lot of times nicely, I start losing it. I have to figure out a strategy to work through it because I don't want to shame her because of my issues. And so, um there's a so if you've listened, you know that I'm quite frequently on the verge of losing it and at my limit at this time of my life. and um because I'm in this journey of healing myself from past trauma. I'm trying to get over the fact that um my teaching career only lasted six years. And granted, at this point, I'm basically 2 years into the journey and felt like i was uh like deeper in the despair and the hurt and the frustration and the pain than when i started the journey and um i just felt really lost and so i really i felt like my i was always at my limit um all the time because my nervous system was always running on all cylinders I was caring for my girls. I was navigating my marriage and my husband's crazy, crazy work schedule. And um those in and of, those in and of themselves are two really big tasks. Um, because with my husband's crazy work schedule, I literally picked up everything else. So like I did the grocery shopping, I did the din, I cooked dinner, um, I planned all the dinners, I took the kids to their extracurriculars. And granted, my girls were little, um, and I think this was probably around the time where we literally had something scheduled every day after school. So it was horseback riding. It was Girl Scouts. It was um, gymnastics, dance class, swim lessons. I mean, by Friday, we were all exhausted because I had overscheduled us. And I was thinking that that was what I needed to do to be a good mom for my kids, to give them all the experiences that I didn't necessarily have growing up. Um, but that I wanted, like I wanted to dance when I was little, but my dad didn't really see the value in that. So if I did get the opportunity to take a dance class, it was um, typically on like a Wednesday, which was my mom's night to have me. So she would pick me up, feed me dinner and then take me to dance class and then take me home. Um, So I was just trying to, you know, on some level overcompensate for the deficiencies of my own childhood. And so, and then you know, being in a marriage with someone isn't always easy because you're two human individuals with your own needs, your own desires, um, your own wants, and so trying to make space for um, for us each to have or pursue our own interests and um, like to have time for exercise or meditation or yoga or whatever it was that we needed to do to um, foster our whole selves. And then trying to take care of kids and jobs. Well, my husband worked outside of the home. I was in the house primarily as a stay at home mom at this point. I was still teaching part-time online classes for graduate-level students. And that was really super time-consuming. And I was also going um to online school to get my dog training certification to be an obedience trainer. So I had those on my plate too. So there was just so much. Um, to manage, and then throw in there going to at this point I I stopped therapy, um, but I was still going to um, holistic uh, healings Reiki sessions, and I was you know starting to learn about uh, holistic modalities and getting attunements in them. So you know I had my Reiki attunement at this point, so I could start doing Reiki on myself, my family, my pets, other people because I was a level two at this point. And then learning about crystals and integrating that into Reiki and just other various types of holistic um, modalities and interests. So like the Native American medicine wheel, um, angels, things like that. So um, I had those interests to pursue as well. And I felt like I didn't always have the time to pursue those interests because I was always working around Pete's schedule with his job. Um, But like I said, caring for kids and navigating a marriage and a spouse's work schedule are two monumental tasks. And then when you add in the healing, um, aspect and the years and years of trauma, uh, it almost feels like it's impossible. Like it's not something that you're able to accomplish. And so what I was working through and attempting to do is I was trying to figure out who I was, um, when the trauma had been stripped away and so basically it was like, uh, creating a new adult version of myself or allowing my true self to come through, um, that had been hidden away from the scars of the trauma. And so that's, that's a huge job. Um, and that takes a lot of awareness, but a lot of space to experiment and opportunities to try new things, uh, but also having the awareness in moments like having an argument with my husband or getting ready to lose my, you know what, all my kids for not listening. Um, there were times there too to dis- to try out who is this version of Kim that isn't consumed with um, years and years and years of trauma. So there was a lot going on. And because of that, um, my nervous system was always firing on all cylinders and then throwing there trying to unlearn the patterns and the programming from my past. So basically the map of the world that I had that I thought was accurate was inaccurate. And so I was trying to edit and recreate that map in all of this. So, um, Just saying all of that makes me tired. It makes me want to take a nap. So it's no wonder that I felt like I was tired and drained, not only physically, but emotionally too, and then throw in a period. And that's just like the, you know, the kiss of death. So there's so much complexity in this situation. And I didn't necessarily have the realization of how complex life was at that time, I thought it should be more simplistic in terms of like, you know, Pete goes to work and he comes home and then tag, he's in it with the kids. And then I get my time, but because his work schedule wasn't always predictable and he would often come home and still technically be on the clock. There really wasn't a lot of space for him to give me that time. And then that built up resentment. So it's really complex too to parent in a way that is responsive and allows kids to have autonomy and honoring their personalities. Um, and that was something that I didn't always get growing up, especially in my dad's house. And so, um, I really wanted that for my girls because I wanted them to a feel comfortable in their own skin, but I also wanted them to be able to use their voice and feel confident to do so and trust that what their interests are, um, it's good to pursue them and not be told like, Oh, what's the point of doing horseback riding? It's dangerous. Or, you know, gymnastics, this, or dance class that, like I wanted them to be able to try things and say, okay, this isn't for me or yes, it is. You know, I want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. I'd rather try this instead. And so, um, but also having boundaries and structure in place because as much as kids need freedom, they also need structure. And so my biggest goal, though, in this time was just not repeating what was done during my childhood. And not to say that I had like the most horrible parents in the world or the most horrific childhood, because there were some aspects where it was like amazing. A lot of people would want to have the childhood that I had. But then there were aspects where it was like, no, thank you. I would never want to do that again. And that's because my parents are trying to work through and heal their own issues and um, or don't even have the awareness that things needs to be healed and worked on. And so in that moment, it took me some time to get to this place, but I, I realized now that um, they were doing the best that they could with the tools and the knowledge that they have. And just like I was doing the same when I was in the thick of it, you know, I was doing the best that I could for my kids with the tools that I had at that time. And so that's really where um, I can let go of any resentment or, anger or frustration that I had around my childhood and my parents is that, um, what you don't know, you don't know. And if you don't know it, you can't do anything about it. And so, um, it wasn't that their intentions were on purpose. Um, it was just that there was a lot of, um, unhealed things that needed to be worked through and they weren't. And so the biggest thing though, that was really hard for me at this stage of the game was to just honor how I felt. I felt horrible for just wanting to sleep. I felt horrible for not feeling patient. I felt, I just felt horrible and awful and wrong about everything, but you're allowed to have the feelings that you have and they're not wrong. It just shows that it shows you that you're human and that you need a break sometimes so that you're not always having a nervous nervous system that's running on all cylinders, but it also shows your children that, um, they can have these big emotions they can have moments that feel often and, and complicated and complex but um it's okay it's you know work through them so it's basically modeling for your kids so that they when they get to this stage of the game they're going to know how to do it for themselves and so there's such beauty in that and being honest and transparent with your kids and so there were times where i would yell at my girls because i just completely lost my patience with them and i felt horrible after i felt like the worst mom the biggest piece of shit ever to walk the face of the earth but when i calmed down i went back to them and said i'm so sorry i yelled at you I yelled because I felt overwhelmed. I yelled because I felt like no one was listening to me. I, and so trying to get them to understand that I wasn't necessarily doing it to be mean, I just lost it in the moment. And so, um, but apologizing to them and explaining to them and giving them that insight of like, oh my gosh, that wasn't my intention to scream at you. I just reached my limit next time. I'll work better on not reaching my limit and I'll do my best not to scream again. Um, But knowing that if I yelled at you, it doesn't mean I love you any less. It just means I made a mistake. And so really the, you're probably thinking, okay, Kim, like, yeah, great. How do we get through the complexity of all of this? How do we get our nervous system to slow down? So it's not firing on all cylinders. And how do we get to the point where we're not always feeling like we're always at our limit. And this is, this is what I wish I had been able to do in the moment Um, but really focusing on the meanings that we were attaching to things. So for instance, you know, Casey not listening to me and I felt as though she was being defiant. um, That was, I just, you know, her defiance in that moment, I was like, it just means that she doesn't listen to me. She doesn't respect me. She doesn't hear a word I'm saying to her. And that was an old narrative that I had been carrying around for a very long time. So I had this very strong belief that no one listened to me. And that happened because, um, growing up when my dad and my stepmom first started dating and he proposed to her, I didn't want him to marry her. And I told him that and he did it anyway. And, um, growing up, we lived in a townhouse and the walls were very thin. And I always felt like there was like, you could hear, literally hear the neighbors talking through the walls. You could hear them on the phone. You could hear them showering. you could hear what was on their television, and so, um, I would always say, oh my gosh, someone's in our house. And my dad would always be like, no one's in our house. And then, um, lo and behold, third grade, good Friday, 1991, we came home and someone was in our house. And, um, I, when we walked in and I heard the first thump, I said, I think someone's in our house. And my dad was like, no one's in here, Kim, it's the neighbors. And then he heard the second thump, which was the, um, we think the newspaper boy dropping two five, um, pound cans. Coffee cans of change on the floor. And so then my dad listened, like, because then he heard it and knew that someone was in the house. But I often too felt like I didn't matter. Um, and that that was also an outdated narrative because um, there were times when I was little and I would come home from my mom's house on the weekend, and there would be roses from my dad to my stepmom, but nothing for me. And I would run upstairs and think like, "Oh, my gift, my special something, is um, up in my room," and there would be nothing there. So I had started telling my dad that. Uh, I started telling myself that I didn't really matter to my dad. That my stepmom mattered more to me, and I just started gathering evidence to support all of these things, the meanings that I was giving to all of these events. Um, but what I didn't realize in the moment that was Casey's defiance was not really about me. It was really about her. Um, she was testing her wings um, and seeing how far she was going to get. She was using her voice. She was using her opinion, also my annoyance, but that's what she was doing. She was um, experimenting with her power And um with getting her needs met. And they weren't always, you know, she wasn't always doing it in a healthy way because she was little. She was a toddler. She didn't know any better. She was like three and a half at this point. Um, and so when you can recognize the meaning that you're giving to um the situations, if you can use that meaning to change the perspective around the situation, that will allow you to calm down because it will give you a different way of looking at things. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, So like, you know, I had attached this meaning to me being tired that because I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I just feel drained. I'm a bad mom because I'm not showing up the way that I want to for my kids. I'm a bad wife because I'm too tired to do the dishes. No, you're a mom with a lot on her plate. So instead of looking at myself as, you know, being a bad mom or a bad partner, looking at it for what it really was, I had a massive amount of stuff on my plate. I literally had 10 plates trying to spin at once. And you know how it goes. If you stop spinning one, it crashes. Like you always have to be spinning the plates. And the second that you stop, they crash and shatter all over. And so I just didn't see that for what it was in the moment. And just so having that awareness because when you can change the meaning you give to a situation then you can um see it with a fresh perspective you can approach the situation feeling less triggered you can start to look for evidence that supports the exact opposite of the negative meaning that you're giving things and so like you know for example now looking back on the situation with my dad and my stepmom and the flowers they were dating like it was their honeymoon phase, they'd only been dating a couple months, maybe a year. And so, um, I didn't understand that as a little kid, like, you know, the wooing part, like I didn't know. Um, so if I could have understood that that's what that was, and it didn't mean that my dad loved me any less, it would have changed my perspective on the situation. And there were times where my dad put little, um, notes in my lunch or like something special. Like if Cray, so I'm a nerd. I love all things like pens and paper and school supplies. I always have. And um, so if like a new type of Crayola crown was released and he saw that, he would get it and stick it in my lunch as like a special surprise. So it wasn't that he wasn't doing it at all. It just sometimes it wasn't um at the same time. So like my little special something wasn't at the same time as my special, my stepmom's special something, and I couldn't equate that, like, I was still getting something special. And she was too. It's like, you know, when you have two kids and you have the older kid who doesn't understand why the little kid is getting presents on their birthday, and then the older kids getting nothing, it's not your birthday. So like, it was kind of was like the same situation. But I just didn't have that insight into it at that time, because I was little, I was like seven years old, um, barely eight. So I just didn't understand and didn't know. And so Um, So just really check the meaning that you're giving to the situations going on around you. And so like with my husband's work schedule, I also had the I don't matter story going with that because he would come home. He would literally be on the phone with work as he was walking in the door and just would go straight into the office and not really even acknowledge any of us. And so um, and he was kind of miserable for it. And so I just felt like, okay, his job is more important, but it really would have boiled down to was he wasn't in a place where he had good boundaries set with work. And so, um, it's taken years, but he, you know, has worked through and he now has better boundaries with work. So we, we had to come to this agreement. Like when you come in the door, Pete, if you need, um, time, like, please send me a text when you pull into the garage so that I know that you're on a call and you're consumed, I won't have an expectation of anything. And just give me a time frame. Like I'll be in the office for 10 minutes after I get home, then I'll be able to step away from what I'm doing. And it just, we just needed a better lines of communication there. So it wasn't that I didn't matter. My husband didn't like it. It just was in that moment beyond his control. And so once I took this perspective of, checking the meaning I was giving to things. Um, It allowed me to be less triggered by situations. And then I didn't have to be in the fight, flight, or freeze response all the time. And I could actually um, approach things more calmly. And I didn't take things nearly as personal. And so I hope that you found this episode helpful. If, um, If so, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, also be sure to, um, check out the events on my website at kimkeen.com. I have some really exciting and great things coming up, especially EFT tapping to tap away the stress, which if you feel like you're always at your limit and your nervous system is always running on all cylinders, this is exactly what you need. You can sign up right on my website at the events and workshops page at kimkeen.com. So thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I so greatly appreciate you being here with me. Um, Because let's face it, us ladies have to stick together. So I hope to see you next week.